I mean, little kids are suicidal. I one time had a kid take his scissors and hold it up to his eye. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking at my scissors. <laughs> I was like, what would you need to use? Look at it like that for like, he was like holding the tip to his eye. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Sounds like a pretty cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now we know what Cash used to do when he was a child. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. My name is Lori Roggenkamp. This is podcast. I am joined by Maria Felix, the amazing co-host and almost always researcher. And our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Thank you so much. You went through a about a 35-hour sound check. So thank you so much, Cash. We appreciate No, no problem. <laughs> we appreciate you still sticking with us. Um, I choose to believe it's because you love our friendship, not because you're married to Maria. That's why. It's true. Yeah. I enjoy the show. Thank so you. So you're wrong on both counts. <laughs> he, doesn't en- he doesn't enjoy either of our company. That's <laughs> no, not true at all. It's just the facts, just the cases. That's all <laughs> he cares about. I'm married in for the cases. Yeah. That's horrible. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I have a quick correction because we need to get right into the episode. So I have a quick correction. Last episode, we were just having a grand old time making uh <laughs> british accents <laughs> and uh because we were talking about new south well, wales welsh welsh accents welsh not- accents yes yeah and that's what we were doing somebody <laughs> somebody yeah very correctly making welsh accents you know pretty on the nose everybody was messaging us saying wow those welsh accents are real great uh uh-huh, uh-huh. and we had Thank somebody you. uh very kindly <laughs> point out uh, that uh, New South Wales is in Australia and not <laughs> not Wales. That's part of... Uh, Which is such a bummer because yeah. we could have had so much fun doing our Australian accents. That would have been... I know. I should have done... I, you know what? It was my research time and I did not do the research to look up when where the actual place was so that's what i was gonna that's that's all i was gonna say is i'm not gonna take the fall for this one yes should we have known that new south wales was in australia should we have already known that because it's a major city mm-hmm. maybe yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah Lori yeah. was our educator that day and she didn't. <laughs> she didn't get the location right. No, I am also. That is one. That is one hundred percent your fault. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Sure. Yeah, I'll take that on. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take that on. Uh, I'm also an educator in real life, so yeah, it's, uh, a lot of stuff to you, rethink. You know. You know what? Preschoolers aren't going to be asking you those hard questions, so Actually, it's okay. It was a preschooler who pointed it out. It was. Oh wow! Like, Excuse me, Miss Miss Lori. Uh, I think New South Wales is in is in Australia, not in. I don't know why my kid is a newsie. And- <laughs> <laughs> Very educated toddler from yeah, a Jersey. Two, it was a two and a half year old. Preppy yeah, came. Jer- <laughs> you did something Just so you knows. Yeah, just so just so you knows. I got a newspaper here if you want to check it out. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. So. Uh, today we will briefly touch on New York, which is the closest I think. Oh no, we'll get to Jersey. We'll get to Jersey in which this story is in America. So I'm just saying, I know where that is. Are you sure? Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Maybe. 
So today we're talking about Michelle Linehan. And we already hate Michelle because of the way she spells her name. M-E-C-H-E-L-E. Ugh. No. Michelle. No. <laughs> you think she pronounced it Michelle? 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 That's, that's how I would say it. <laughs> there was a, a woman who came into uh, the doggy daycare that I used to work at. And her name was was spelled J-U-N-O. So you would say Juno, right? She yeah. Would, she would say, no, it's Wanya. And I would say, no, okay. it's not Wanya. <laughs> like, I don't care who the fuck you think you are. Wanya, but, get out of here. Yeah, you get the fuck out of here, Wanya. You you stop. <laughs> you you just, that. I think that woman went on to kill a bunch of people too. So. Really? No. Oh, I thought she was going to be like your camp counselor. <laughs> Or it's just like, why is your life full of murderesses? Yeah, she's just holding back. <laughs> yeah. So when you want to write something, you're like, I got a really good idea, but I'm going to wait to the last page. <laughs> Say it now. Yeah. Tell I, us yeah. the murderers you know. Laurie has like working on a memoir I'm about the all the murders. I'm the kind of person that doesn't fire the gun. I'm just like, I'm going to show you the gun in the first chapter, and then the gun will never get fired. That's yeah. That's how I write things thrilling stuff okay so michelle linehan was convicted of the murder of kent lepink oh we oui, we oui, oui. my name is kid lepink <laughs> you know what they say one in the lepink and two in the lepink oh that's pretty good that's pretty good i'm glad we i'm glad we stopped that was good <laughs> In 1994, 22-year-old Michelle Hughes headed from uh, New York to Alaska. She was a pretty thin blonde who had arrived in New York when she was 18, looking for work as a model in the big city. Now, when that didn't pan out, she turned to exotic dancing. According to her, she just wanted to make enough money to save up for school. So... Then, in the 90s, and I think even today, to a certain degree, Alaska was a good place to make money and to get out. Like you go, you make a bunch of money in whatever industry you're in and you get out. So yeah. uh, she headed there. Sorry. <laughs> so she headed there. My friend lives there now. Um, Jesse, uh, he lives there and he says it's full of a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Alaska. There's a lot of transients. Yeah. 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 He, said, he said he lives in a crazy, crazy, crazy building. That is, it, it's it's manic. I don't have enough time to go into all the details, but it's insane. So, yeah. There's a there's a really great cartoon that was created by the people who wrote for, for uh, Bob's Burgers called The Great North. That's about people living in Alaska, and it's just yeah, just really a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, huh. the the Mal, Mal, I think they're called the Molyneux Sisters, Wendy and Liz Molyneux. They wrote. Uh, they started. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They. It's really. It's really great. I mean, a lot of white people. But it's really great. Hmm. Podcast alumni Allie Lou is from Alaska, and she's the biggest weirdo I fucking know. <laughs> oh yeah, check out her show, Trash Talking. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if if Alaska would be like Florida if it was hotter. Like, I wonder if the weirdness is all compacted because it's so cold. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, I think that's probably a big part of it is because a lot of people who don't live there like live there temporarily. So, you, like I said, you go in for these temporary jobs. So, uh, truckers. Oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of like, uh, there's a big oil industry there, mm-hmm. especially in the '90s. It was booming, 
Uh, then you have, you know, you got truckers, you got lot lizards, you got a lot of prostitutes. A lot of prostitutes. Um, any kind of seasonal worker. So, yeah, a lot of people that, like, are there. So, you know, if you're attracted to a transient lifestyle, you're going to be, like, you're probably going to end up in Alaska at some point, I guess. Drinking. It's like your mecca of being a transient. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. You got to travel there. Like, you got to visit the wall. Oh, yeah. The wall. The wall? The wall. The, the known wall. I didn't know about the known wall. Never mind. It was like an Israel joke. Oh, it. wow. I did oh. not get that. <laughs> I did not get Somebody that. did. Somebody did. Somebody got Okay. If you got Forget it, it. Forget it. You know what? I almost got, got it. it. Let's hope the person who got the better than Ezra reference also got the Israel joke. Let's Thank uh... you. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you an Israel t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I think my Jewish brethren understood it, probably. Sure. Christians too. <laughs> you, you did great. You Thank did, you. you. <laughs> I don't think the fact that we didn't get it meant that it, nobody got it. I think actually everyone got it. I think we just didn't get it. That's get it. it. Yeah. You're very nice. <laughs> uh, so Michelle left for Alaska and quickly got a job at the Great Alaskan Bush Company, which oh. is the best name for a strip club I've ever heard. Yes. It's pretty good. That's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. That is really Wow. Good, good job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's fantastic. Uh, that is a kind of like, that's a cash name. That's a cat. I wonder if like you were driving by uh, and you were like, they were like, what should we name this trip club? And cash just goes, Great Alaskan Bush Company. And just out the window. But like real fast <laughs> in the car so you can't hear me apologize at the end of us driving away. Yeah. Great Alaskan Bush Company. I'm sorry, that was better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like it, it must have come to them in a dream or something. That's yeah. that's how great that name. You appeared to them in a dream <laughs> with Yoda ears on. <laughs> so, according to fellow stripper Onyx, Michelle had a really good following after only a couple months, and one of her other fellow dancers, Tina, said. This I found great. She said in, t- in the 48 hours interview, she's like, she, Michelle always had a secret about dancing. And I always wanted to know her secret. Because I know she had one. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way she attracted people was just oh. like, it's like, yeah, she's a she's a 20 something year old dancer <laughs> who's not on meth. Yeah. So also, a, lot, a lot of people are going to be attracted. She's seeing all that stuff between mid mid blow meth blows. I mean, she yeah. might as well be. It's <laughs> I think, I think the big I think the big secret was show them your tits. I think that was the big secret to dancing. <laughs> yeah. That was the yeah. one where she was like, people were like, I want to know more about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She has all of her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one. So she had only been there a few months, like I said, when one day in 1994, Cat LaPink walked in. And he was a shy 35-year-old fisherman. Hello, fish. Kent had recently moved there from Michigan. That's where he's from. Oh, not Michigan, France. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where we're saying it's from. I feel like I I feel I feel smart in saying that it's Michigan, France. Uh, Having done no research, Um, yeah, I I would have loved to see to like watch their first interaction. Be like, hey, I'm Kent. (laughs) 
hey, I'm Michelle, but I spell it Michelle. L R P ampersand Q. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What's your secret to dance? Teeth. <laughs> wow, you're so wordly. So according to Kent's parents, uh, Kent had always had an impulsive streak. And he had recently been ousted out of the family business for being a part of some embezzlement scheme. So he was stealing money from his parents from the business. So they basically oh. outed him. And he left to Alaska uh, for what his parents were hoping was a fresh start. That's that's such a white family way of saying that he's a an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has such a uh, impulsive streak. He really <laughs> impulsively embezzled thousands of dollars from this company. <laughs> At the time, I could see why he thought it was a good business move. <laughs> I'm just really hoping that this time in Alaska away from us and our business will really help him start fresh. I mean, I forget what it is, if it's a hardware store or like a grocery store, but they have a, a big business, you know, like they have a big store. Good for them. So, yeah. It's like the booth sending him to go work at the banana banana stand when he's being too much of a jackass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking more like Fredo. When they oh. send him to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Fredo. Oh, Fredo. Yeah. Um, now, I can't confirm if this was just something the investigator said later on uh, or if it really was that people thought this about, about him back in Michigan. But the investigators say that uh, – the investigators say that a lot of people thought Kent was gay. And like he wasn't, he he you know he wasn't out. He didn't admit it or anything. So it's hearsay that Kent was like gay or considered gay by people back in Michigan. Um, but his parents absolutely deny this. They absolutely deny ever thinking that he was gay. And they said that even if he was, it wouldn't have mattered to them at all. Maybe it's like that, like one of the cases we did last time, where he's just super neat and polite, and people are like, mm-hmm, "He's what, gay." What a queer! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at him; he's using a napkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it, it depends on how he walked. If he walked into the strip club and was just like, "I'll just take a seat," or if he walked into the strip club and was like, "I can't wait to see all those boobies and vaginas." Honestly, uh, though, why would he walk into a strip club alone? When he is thousands of miles away from home, he doesn't need to put up a front here. Mm-hmm. You know, why would he do that? Maybe yeah. he's like trying to like, like maybe he's like, well, if I stare at it long enough, maybe I'll, I'll maybe you will like, yeah. yeah. You know, so you got to like, go to the great Alaskan bush company. Yeah. Like how my parents always used to try to take me to this, uh, Asian fusion restaurant that was down the street from our house where they'd be like, if just, just get comfortable being around the food and you'll want to eat it. And I was like, never. <laughs> Never want to, I don't want to eat it. Thank you very much. I think you're going to say, be comfortable around the people. I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, what is wrong with <laughs> Yeah. And then my dad Fuck. later used to take me to, uh, you know, puppetry of the penis. And he'd just be like, just be comfortable around penis. And then eventually you'll like it. For all those that love incest jokes out there. Well, let's hope that was a same, good one. Let's hope it's the same person who got the Israel joke. <laughs> one in the same. Yeah, we'll send you a free incest t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so here he was at the Great Alaskan Bush Company, and once he met Michelle, he began he began coming to the club almost daily. 
After a month, he proposed to her. Even Onyx, who's her fellow dancer, said that she had been stripping for 20 years and was shocked by how fast the proposal was. Like, she had been stripping 20 years, I guess, when she was interviewed. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, oh, I was going to say. I'm assuming she was also in her 20s. Mm. You know, I don't cuz she she looks young in her interview. But yeah, she was like she was like you're normally in this for the money. So I don't I she's like I didn't see I, I didn't see that coming. Hmm. So while this is all happening and she's in a relationship with Kent, Michelle also meets another guy at the club. Traveling salesman Scott Hilkey in late 1994. Scott is married, but he says he's getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. He begins spoiling Michelle and going on trips with her and giving her gifts. And then after a short while, he proposes to her too. And she says, yes. Oh, now we got a movie. Even more crazy. A third guy comes along. What? John Carlin. John had moved from New Jersey. To Alaska with his son, John Carlin Jr., after his wife passed away from cancer. John was lonely, and he liked to go into the club and impress women by giving giving them his credit card and telling them to go withdraw money for him. Hey, sweetheart, would you go over to the ATM and get me out a couple of bucks? (laughs) (laughs) He had a lot of money in his bank in his bank account because he had one uh he had a one million dollar settlement from lead poisoning from a paint job he had back in Jersey. Oh, don't ask me how I got it. It's complicated. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. Sorry, I get in these <laughs> these loops. What? <laughs> what? Jesus. Oh, so John. That was fun. So John is immediately taken with Michelle. And he starts coming to the club every day. He does this that like weird thing where he'll like watch her while he's she's dancing for other guys and then like like get mad if the, she's with them too long. Oh, um, it's the Jersey in me. Yeah. It's the Jersey passion. Yeah. Pensions of flame. <laughs> So Michelle was showered in gifts and money from all three men. Although one dancer, Tina, she points out that this is normal for anybody there. And Michelle says this later too. Like it's normal to have like client, like customers who come in a lot, who like give you gifts and stuff. And they also imply that it's relatively normal to have plenty of quote unquote boyfriends, you know? Like, and I, I fucking, I get it. Like, if these men are stupid enough to come into the club and give you your money in the first place, uh, like, because you're pretending to give them this attention, then it makes sense that you're going to take it a step further and just call these guys that just want to be treated like fucking 12-year-olds your boyfriends. But I'm in love and I've never been treated like this before. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my opinion. I won't call it a bloody podcast official opinion. It's just mine. I say more power to the dancers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you're dumb enough to think that because you go in and pay someone to spend time with you that they care about you. I mean, you're misled and that's unfortunate and that's really ultimately sad, but also you're pretty stupid. Yeah. And if you ever want to prove us or want to prove that point, 
get a therapist for a couple months and then change your insurance. There you go. They won't care. Yeah. They are done with you <laughs> if you cannot pay the premium. It's very true. Yeah. No my- matter what you you told them. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's therapist in the same like in the same session. She in the beginning of the session, she goes, you know, when she first started her job, she goes, you know, I just think your anxiety is so high right now. I think we should do two two a week sessions. And my girlfriend at the end of the session was just like, well, I think I don't know if I can keep paying you because I'm switching insurance. And she goes, oh, well, that's we'll, we're sad to see you go. It's just like, OK. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care. So around this time, Kent and Michelle also buy a fixer upper house together. And while they're fixing it up, they begin to stay with John at his house with his son. So now both Kent and John live here. They're both engaged to her. And Scott comes and goes as he, as he pleases for days at a time. So the guys are just rotating in and out of that house. It's a weird situation. It's a sure. weird, Yeah, it's a weird situation for sure. John Jr., don't look. And they all just kind of tolerate each other. It's super weird. If they like go in the kitchen and that's guys like making sandwich, making a sandwich with the guy's bread. He's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you red bastard. We're going to fight. <laughs> and he's like, we don't have to fight. It's fine. I just use the, I just use the bread end. <laughs> yeah, that's the best fucking pot. <laughs> it would be funny if there was like, if they had like milk and somebody wrote like John on, on the thing and it's like, hey, you're eating out of my milk. It's like, hey, you fucked my girlfriend. All right. Well, okay. I guess we, that's fair. It, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I love to see a sitcom set up where all three of them try to get through one door at the same time. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> it's the new the whole time. John Carlin Jr. is just like, can somebody please feed me? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm still a kid. Or at least take me to school. Yeah. Oof. Oh, man. He's going to grow up hard. Uh, Then around this time as well, Kent's parents visit and meet Michelle for the first time. His mom would later sadly say that it was obvious Michelle didn't love Kent the way that he loved her. Mm. That she would nearly recoil at the simple gesture of putting an arm around her. We saw it on her. She didn't care for him that much. He loved her, though. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. At the time, she had some suspicion of Michelle, but nothing certain about other men in her life. And I'm going to assume the suspicion came from the fact that Michelle was simply a bitch. And they're very nice. The Lapinks are very sweet about it. But they, it's obvious that she was super unlikable. She probably made every fucking dinner awkward. Oof. Oh, yeah. And, like, got sure. mad at Kent about shit, you know? Mm-hmm. She's like... Putting him down. Yeah. Put him, yeah. Why would you order that off the menu? That's the dumbest thing. He's like, <laughs> she loves jokes. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she beautiful, mom? She's okay. <laughs> hey, we should just come home, son. Uh, or, <laughs> she's the type of person who's like, you better not touch my food, but then eats your fries. And it's like, what? I'm hungry. It's like, what the <laughs> I'm having some. Yeah. <laughs> So almost a year passes of this love, of this foursome, I guess. Oh, God. And Scott, the guy, the traveling salesman from California, he's like, oh, we're not going to get married. And he's like, suppose he hightails it out of the situation, the house 
situation and goes back to California. Mm, I mean, is it? Is it good? Because like he's still married this whole time. Oh, that's right. He's married. He is married. He's just leaving. He is clearly, clearly just like lying to his wife. Wait, so and he, he has this like little side piece in Alaska. He's really right. not getting a divorce. I believed him. You mean to tell me he's lying? <laughs> if you saw his face, you would not believe him. Well, like, like his face now, especially, it's only grown more sleazy over time. <laughs> oh, he looks like a doof. Oh yeah, he for sure is lying. Okay, he's like when I said Cal- when I said divorce, when I said divorce, I meant California divorce, as in none. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> he's almost like a Dennis O'Hare character from American Horror Story. Just <laughs> he like kind of is. perfect sleazy traveling salesman. Oh god, he's great. <laughs> I love Dennis O'Hare. So he leaves, right? He goes back to his wife mm-hmm. and his kids, probably. Oh Jesus. Uh but they didn't totally break up. They just he's just like, I'm out of this, we're not engaged anymore, but we could still fuck, basically, is like what's going on there. <clears throat> and she's like, Great. Yeah. after he left or maybe around the same time it's not clear maybe this is what triggered it john proposes to her in around christmas of 95 so then in march of 96 she quits stripping she has enough like she has enough of a safety net to quit stripping between kent and john and probably still scott to a certain degree he's probably still just sending her money and gifts Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining the the um uh the personalities that I've attributed to these guys <laughs> in a house together, and it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Yeah. yeah. Straight lace Michigan, California jackass, New Jersey scumbag. <laughs> I also love the fact that ja- like Scott, when he talks to her on the phone, he's probably like, How's John? Well, how is he? Is he fine? Good. That's good. Well, don't go into deep too much detail. <laughs> he's like, how's Kent? She's like, oh, he's the worst. And he's like, we hate him. Yeah, we don't we don't care for him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him John's fine. And then at some point between 95 and 96, she buys an insurance policy as what she calls a future wedding gift for her and Kent. It's a $1 million insurance or life insurance policy with her as the beneficiary. Oh my, I mean, honestly, are life insurance salesmen just sociopaths? I feel like you should know yeah. if, a, if somebody comes in and says, this is a wedding present for myself and it's a life insurance policy. I'd be like, you're totally going to kill him. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, it's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for those guys. They're just like, you know. Fresh leads, man. Fresh leads. Fresh yeah. leads. <laughs> yeah. Bull cell insurance. <laughs> Coffee is for closers who close on people who want to kill. Of caskets. Yeah. On caskets. Nice. Ooh. Mm. Some fancy footwork. In spring of 1996, Kent's parents visit again. Um, and this was was after they kept trying to switch their dates because Michelle kept being like, oh, I can't do it this day. I can't do it that day. I can't see you guys this day. So his dad finally goes and they're supposed to be all geared up to get married. You know, they're they're saying that they're going to get married in late May, probably. And it's already it's that's coming up the next month. And um, um, then 
the all they asked for is like one simple dinner. It seems like with her, and she doesn't show up. It's like Kent and his dad are at dinner together, and she doesn't show. She just disappears. We offered to do dinner in a movie. We were going to go see Independence Day, nineteen ninety six. Then on May second, nineteen ninety six, an electrical crew stumbles upon the dead body of Ketla Pink out on the service road in Hope, Alaska. No. He was found shot once in the back, stomach, and face. So three shots. Yes. And he still had his wallet on him, which allowed for identification of who he was. Michelle's name is found on an insurance life document he had on him that listed her as being removed as the beneficiary from his life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And it was found out that he was shot with a 44 Magnum Desert Eagle, which the police said is a really big gun. Like, it's not a gun that you carry around. Uh, I have an uncle who's very much into guns. And uh, when I was a kid, he was showing off to me and my brother and he pulled out Desert Eagle. And I was like, that's a fucking really big gun, man. Compensate much? <laughs> we do not talk. <laughs> we do not talk. Yeah, because he was compensating for something. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> One time I asked, my, I asked my uncle why he drinks so much. <laughs> and he was like, hey, don't get in my head and I won't get in yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was seven. <laughs> That's an awesome response to the seven-year-old. Oh my god! Don't get in my head, and I won't get in yours. That's great. <laughs> so investigators arrive to question Michelle, and she's found with John Carlin III and his son, and they're searching through papers when they walk up. According to the police, mm. she introduces. Oh my god! Then, when question. <laughs> When questioned about her husband, she immediately volunteers that they had a special relationship, that he was gay and that she was covering for him. And then when they told her that he had died, she broke down into tears, but didn't ask anything about how, how, why, or when, or where. You know, just didn't. She didn't ask for any details. This is interesting because last last episode, you know, the episode that I did the research for, where I uh, knew all the information. Uh, I, yeah. uh, the lady who killed her husband's or, uh, boyfriend said that he was gay. So I wonder if, mm-hmm. if, if we, but we just accidentally selected these. I wonder if pride month is creeping in, you know, we're getting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. We, neither of us sought that out. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I think you two should be proud of yourselves. Thank pride. You. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> she also, she does tell the police that she has another boyfriend, that she's still with Scott Hilke, and that she actually just returned from a trip to Lake Tahoe with Scott. She also tells police that John Carlin, her current roommate, is actually her boyfriend, too. Yeah. <laughs> Investigators speculated that likely what happened is that Michelle told her other boyfriends, John and Scott, that she was only Kent's beard, just like she had told 
the police mm-hmm. and was doing him a favor, which placated them enough to be cool with Kent around. Supposedly, too, she said that, or investigators said that she never had sex with Kent, but did have sex with John. So, hmm. who knows? The news of their son's death didn't come as a complete surprise to his parents, to Kent's parents. Three days before, right after his dad had left Alaska after not being able to see Michelle before their supposed wedding, Kent's parents received two letters from him. The first one was kind of a normal letter, but then at the end said something along the lines of, do not open the second letter unless something mysterious under mysterious circumstances happens to me. What? <clears throat> we were excited to open up the first letter. A little trepidatious on the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Then now with the knowledge that, you know, their son is dead, they opened the second letter. And Kent wrote that if he turned up dead, that they should consider Michelle, John, and Scott for the murder. In so many words, it basically said that. And it said that, um, she, that like, please, it, it was, it was very like Midwest nice where he was like, if something happens to me, please make sure that Michelle goes to prison for a good long time. Oh, stop it. It's cute. <laughs> oh, my this, God. this is the kind of stuff that drives me insane. Like, I don't, I don't understand how anyone could be like, you know, Hey, just, just FYI on both sides, the person who wrote the letter, like Kent, if he's like, Hey, just FYI, I think, uh, Michelle is the one who kills me, killed me. If I end up dead, get the fuck out of the house. And if I was the parent and my son sent me a letter saying, Hey, I think Michelle, Michelle might be the one to kill me. I'd be like, get the fuck out of the house. I'm coming to get you. Yeah, get on a plane and go get your fucking kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they would have done that, but they it all happened so fast. That's right. It happened within days. Within days of each other. The dad goes to see him, and then the day after the dad goes to see him, he ships out this letter to them, the double letters. Oh, oh. man. And then, so basically three days after the dad got back, the Kent is dead. Kent. Oh, that's Come on, buddy. That's crazy. I can't Ugh. imagine ever being in a situation where the person that I'm with, I'm also afraid might kill me. Like, that's just asinine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you've never been in love with a femme fatale. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Michelle's alibi of being with Scott in Lake Ta- Tahoe, Lake Tahoe <laughs> is confirmed. They are, in fact, they were, in fact, in Lake Tahoe. As for John, his son, John Jr., has an alibi for him, too. Then the police obtain a warrant to search John Carlin's home, and they found a gun case that fits, that is made to fit a Desert Eagle, and ammo for Desert Eagle, but no gun. That's just like, you know, stuff I have around the house. (laughs) Everybody from Jersey's got gun paraphernalia. <laughs> I got when I got lead poisoning. It just made me really uh, not want to be around lead. So, <laughs> so, so I, like... uh, I keep the gun, but I don't keep the bullets. So. Other way around. Oh, oh, other way around. He had the bullets, but not the gun. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought he said he had the gun, but oh, uh, when I get lead poisoning, uh, it makes me want to just uh, be around a lot of lead. 
So uh, <laughs> now I just uh, I gotta keep the bullets. Around I lick me. the bullets. Yeah, that's yeah. what the doctor said. Yeah, my doctor, <laughs> my doctor. They also found that there was a computer there at one point, but when asked where it was, Michelle said that she had sent it to her sister in Colorado to fix. Oh, that's nice. Which is really funny to think about. There was probably like a desk with all the dust outline of a computer and a computer monitor and the keyboard still there. Yeah. But they're like, oh, well, it hasn't been working. Yeah. What's this mouse pad doing here? Oh, it's from my elbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I write. <laughs> it's my hand job elbow. Um, yeah i love how they sent a computer in 1996 to to their sister in colorado to fix like they shipped a whole computer yeah that huge thing yeah to be fair in 96 with people that does seem feasible i guess i guess yeah it'd be cheaper than getting a new computer back then i could see my dad doing that (laughs) just shipping it to some (laughs) random person in colorado yes yes (laughs) Uh, then in Kent's truck which was located at John's house they find a letter from John to Michelle and here's the whole letter it reads Dear Michelle the roof on your cabin in hope is finished it's not going to leak anymore the fireplace has been cleaned out as he said it it will It will it will be redone within the next year or two. Uh-huh. It is safely to use now. I also had all the locks changed, and the key is under the stone by the tree, where the old key was. It has deadbolts now as well, so uh, you feel safe when you're home. The one key is universal, and it's going to fit all the locks. I can find someone willing to go to Hope and clean it, though it's going to be a little dusty. Anyways, also the window screens are all fixed, so there's not going to be any mosquitoes in there to get you. I believe, sorry, I believe they are coming out now and very hungry for fair-skinned people such as us. Weird thing to say. If you know what I mean. Weird thing to say. I am glad that I bought it for you now. It does make a fine getaway. I think that when you come back there, uh, when you come back from there this weekend, (laughs) I will spend a couple of days there myself, if that's okay. I need time to figure out where I'm going with my life when I sell a house. I've been thinking about Australia. If Costa Rica, if the Costa Rica deal doesn't look inviting, and I don't like it, I'm sure gonna miss you. But if something happens to you or you become unhappy here, you will call me, and we can spend time together wherever I am at. You know how much I would like that. I do wish you all the happiness and joy in the world. I am sure, <laughs> I am sure you will be happy and raise a fine family. I do hate going and losing you. In my life, though, loose, losing you. Please be well, safe, and happy. You guys enjoy <laughs> your stay in a cabin this weekend, huh? With yeah. all the love I can have for a wonderful woman as you, John. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. So he writes that letter to her, telling her about her, her cabin is ready mm-hmm. in hope. And then on that same letter, which is typed, that he wrote it typed. Uh, Michelle writes back to him just a little blurb in the corner and handwriting that says that basically says, thank you. And please don't let anyone know where we are. That's all it says, really. Oh, my God. And then he'll he'll always be in her heart or some shit. Could you imagine putting all that effort into that letter? 
And then she's just like, with all the love I can have for a beautiful woman such as you. Yeah. Thank y'all. <laughs> Don't let anyone know where we are. And just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> oh my God. I'd be so frustrated. I get major email responses that are like super slim, slim responses like that. And it's like, you fucking fuck you. Yeah. We used yeah. to have a. He tied, first, he wrote this letter. First, he wrote like five drafts on a notebook. And then he went and he typed it because you know that typing back then is not like the norm that it is now. No. No. You know? Yeah. If you're typing up a letter, it's a big deal. And you yeah, know he, he had a word process. Yeah, he did it one finger at a time. We had an artistic director of a theater who uh, was, was a super <laughs> asshole. And he, you would send him <laughs> these messages that needed, required like at least four answers. And all he would send you back was no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I know which director of the theater you're talking about. And to add to that, it was because he still did the two finger typing yes for everything so it's all he could really handle yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and and to be fair i do send long messages and also he was an asshole but he was also dealing with a much bigger asshole which was the the woman who ran the theater that lived in another state that was a complete asshole it was who are we talking about (laughs) then police find out that Kent was in Hope, Alaska, with a picture of Michelle looking for her. So for the last few days before his death, he had been trying to track her every move. Probably because he was growing suspicious of her. Mm. Detectives then theorized that they baited him with what they were calling the Hope Letter. Because someone not only had to get Kent to Hope, but then someone had to be with him, shoot him, and then drive the truck back to John's house with the letter in the glove compartment of the truck. Oof. Police then questioned John, who seems to have the biggest motive, besides Michelle. But he denies any involvement or knowledge and says that he never owned a gun. Even though he has the gun case <laughs> and the ammo. I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> I was ramping up for the gun for the big day. First day I bought the belt and the ammo and I just couldn't go through with it. <laughs> uh, my father, he was a bullet slinger. So, uh, so yeah, so that's just how I, uh, I honor his memory is I just sling bullets. Yeah, uh, I grew up in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> they, also questioned, uh, they also questioned Scott, who is subjected to a polygraph and fails on the question when uh did you shoot the fatal shots he fails in that question and they read they question him again and he's like i didn't shoot the guy and they're like well do you maybe know who did and he's like no absolutely not and then he gives that really cheesy salesman smile and it's gross (laughs) and then as for the cabin john and john and, and michelle admit that the cabin is a red herring it doesn't exist But John says that it was a ruse to get Kent off Michelle's back while she went and saw Scott in Lake Tahoe since Kent had been very unagreeable lately. Hmm. It was not to kill him. It was just so that he would go to Hope looking for this cabin that doesn't exist 
so that her his feet so john's fiance and ken's fiance could go hang out with her other boyfriend in california just so we're all on the same page yeah well <laughs> she's really got it all worked out wow what a what a genius you know it is was oceans 11 written after her it? <laughs> it's the heist of a lifetime mm-hmm. scott also continues to deny any knowledge of the murder and with no hard evidence the case goes cold. Nice. They all go their separate ways. John moves back to New Jersey. He finds a lady, gets remarried. Scott went back to his wife in California again. I mean, he was already back there. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> and Michelle moves back to Louisiana for a bit and starts attending veterinary school. She then meets Colin Linehan in 1988. And they marry one day after he graduates from medical school. They move to Olympia, Washington. They have a kid. They have a kid, and by all accounts, she's like the perfect mom. She's in the. She's on the PTA. They go to church. Blah blah blah. She's great. Everybody loves her phony ass. She's giving her kid gushers and gogurt. She's crushing it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's one of those annoying moms that's always like, "Well, I just, you know, I choose to be a stay-at-home mom because I just feel like my children need me there more than if I were to work." And it's like, bitch. To be fair, it does seem like somebody, either either her new husband or maybe the money that she saved from these three other would-be husbands, uh, went to good use because she did get her master's. I forget in what. Cool. I think public administration. Dancing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, still had, she wrote her thesis on the secret of dance. She really, you know. Yeah. And then Onyx just... read it and was like, she really didn't know the secret to dance. Uh, <laughs> she told me it was teeth. <laughs> but then in 2004, a new cold case unit looked at Kent's murder. They were able to recover the computer, which I don't know why the other cops never tried that hard, but they were able to recover a computer from 10 years ago. And then on that computer with new technology, they were able to recover emails, hundreds of emails between Michelle and the three guys. Relationship. Even though they had all been deleted, at the time, new technology made it so that they could recover whatever was deleted on that hard drive. Cinematically, this is what I would love to see. Enhance. Yes. <laughs> but just recovering an old commercial or an old uh, an old uh, computer and just being like, has anybody gone to the post office to see if it's just sitting around there? God damn it. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's an old box. It's just like, oh, shit. So in the emails, Michelle talks to John about moving to Seychelles, which is an island off the African coast where they can't be extradited if they pay for their 10, if they pay $10 million for their citizenship, they can't be extradited no matter what she writes, not even for murder. (laughs) Okay. Sounds like a fun time. Mm -hmm. She also tells Kent in another email that John is like a brother to her and he has nothing to worry about. Then in another email, she tells John that he has that he is the most important thing in her life. Then the cold case investigators 
start looking towards John Jr. Because at the time of the initial investigation, John Jr. was a minor and couldn't be questioned without John Sr. in the room. But now John is not, or John Jr. is in his 20s. So the cold case unit interviews him again. And this time he says that he once did find a gun in his dad's closet (gasps) and later watched his dad clean the gun in the sink full of bleach. My son's a freaking rat. While Michelle watched. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Michelle watched because she was like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You really think that dipping it in bleach is going to do anything? He's like, I'm working hard over here. (laughs) They also incredibly tracked down the guy who sold John the gun in the first place because John Jr. tells them, that his dad found the gun via a newspaper ad. So they find that newspaper ad from way back when and track down the guy that sold them the gun in the first place. Again, these cops are crushing it. They're crushing it. The cold case unit is crazy. It's because it's so cold up there already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the reason. <laughs> so now they have evidence that John lied to them during his interrogation. And they have all these emails about or from Michelle. So they go back. They question Michelle while she's living in Washington. And she's like, will you let me know if anything, like what the progress of it is? And they're like, we'll let you know if you get indicted. And she does. And they extradite her back to Anchorage. Uh Uh-oh. John, for his part, didn't want to see his new, his wife, uh, didn't want to see didn't want his wife to see him getting arrested. So he flew back to Anchorage himself and turned himself in. Good for him. Good for him. Eh. He doesn't want to give Marie to stress. <laughs> She's a good woman. <laughs> you sound like the dude from Ray Romano's show. She's a good woman, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't course, do this, Adana. Of course, Ray never got in this kind of trouble. so they're both arrested for the murder of kent lapink john's trial starts before michelle's his starts in 2007 and his defense tries to show that all the evidence that they've gathered is still circumstantial evidence and they also try to paint his son as the real murderer they try to say that like oh he was the one that was like infatuated with michelle she had a hold over him too because he was so young neither of them work and the jury finds him guilty on the evidence and John Jr.'s testimony. And he's sentenced to 99 years in prison. What? Interestingly, John Jr. changed his testimony from once saying that she that Michelle was in the kitchen to then saying that she was somewhere in the house, but not necessarily kitchen. He recanted, hmm. um, which is weird. That is weird. They don't have a good relationship, those two. No. Also, I think it's funny that they say 99 years. Me, with my OCD, I would be like, can we just bump it up to 100? Make it even. (laughs) Wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah, they almost never say 100. They always say 99. That kills me. It kills me. I'm just like, can we just make it an even 100? You guys are... I mean, look, I know I'm going to jail and I've done a terrible thing, but you don't have to be that big of an asshole and do 99. Come on. Come on. You might make it. You might make it to 102. 100 love balloons. (laughs) <laughs> so then Michelle goes to trial 
And all they had to do is prove that she was involved somehow, right? Because now they know that John pulled the trigger. Right. And they kind of, they prove it. Uh, but part of the, part of the, they prove it through the emails. But then part of the prosecution's uh, whole thing is that they keep trying to say that she's obsessed with this movie, The Last Seduction. <laughs> And they say it based on like one friend's testimony. This one weird friend that she had kept a diary of all the movies they watched in '96. What? Yeah, I would love to see that diary. It, and the the diary cover is so '90s too. It has those like those weird like l- lattice patterns with flowers, and it says like "Ye Old Diary oh of '96." <laughs> Why didn't we do this for the fucking pandemic? List all the things that we watched. Ah, uh, well, yeah, it would be nuts. We should, maybe we can go back and do it. <laughs> hey, remember this? Give ourselves another project. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, in the diary, she can't find the entry that says that they watched the last seduction, but she swears that Michelle loved this movie. And that she said that the the main girl, the femme fatale, was her was her idol, but there's no hard evidence of that either. So, but either way, the prosecution keeps like insisting that she's trying to be like the guy or like the lady in the last section, which stars what's her name? Linda Florentino. Linda Florentino. <laughs> and there is a guy. There's like two guys. Like one, it's a love triangle, and one of her lovers shoots the other. Oh, yeah. okay. Chaz Palm Terry's in it too. Yeah. <laughs> Old C. <C-Pom>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old gum lips. <laughs> so, uh, even regardless of this, uh, she is convicted and she is found guilty of murder in the first degree. Then, during the sentencing trial, Michelle begs for leniency because of her daughter, but the judge gives her 99 years anyway. Oh, oh. come on. <laughs> Then, two years later, Michelle appeals, and her lawyers argue that the letter, the hope letter, shouldn't have been allowed because you can't cross-examine someone who's dead, which would be Kent, in regards to the letter. So they couldn't cross-examine him to say if he was of sound mind when he wrote the letter or anything like that. This argument works. And her, oh, really? And her, sent- yes, her sentence is overturned. What? She is completely exonerated, and she returns to her life with her daughter in Washington. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Wow. They also overturn John's conviction. But get this. Before John gets out, he was beaten to death in the day room of the prison that he was at. Oh. I was almost there. Yeah. Oh. He was going to forgive his son. I won't go that far. <laughs> we were going to have a conversation. Yeah. He probably was at like the vending machine getting a candy bar. And this other guy was like, yo, can I get a candy bar? He's like, well, hey, this is my station. You go sit over there, fucking <laughs> asshole. And it's like, okay, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was for nothing. It was yeah. for nothing. Yeah. Again, another fruit cup. Yeah. yeah. Give me some of your fruit cup. It's my freaking fruit cup. Or like he backed nah. his chair into somebody and they just beat the shit out of him right there. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. man, I really should have looked where I was going. <laughs> oh, man, this sucks. And that's it. Damn. That's it. <laughs> Michelle is wow. alive and well. She's free now. She's in Washington. She's free. Mm-hmm. She's living her life. Onyx, for her part, does not believe that Michelle is a killer or a puppet master of this whole thing. Because she has her back from day one. Day one. She's she a day like, oneer. Oh, that's my girl. She's not guilty. Mm-mm. You're Onyx, guilty. Onyx, None of- <laughs> I feel like Onyx did something. Onyx had something to do with this. She's the one who, she was like, you know, she was like single white femaling. <laughs> Me I don't know. Uh, Onyx and Tina are ride or dies. Yeah. They are down Yeah, for Michelle. That's Everybody the- wants to get with Onyx, but no, nobody want to be Onyx. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so everybody. That's it. <laughs> thank you for listening. Did Michelle at least change her name? No. Oh, Ooh, that's ballsy. Oh, my God. That is ballsy. That's that's wow. that's you know what she should be in jail just for that. I mean, good. Well, oof, wow. Maybe by now it's changed because um, last we heard, her and her husband were separated. They still had a business together, but they were separated. So maybe by now it's not Linehan anymore. It's whatever. Oh sure, probably what what it used to be. Yeah. Hughes, yeah. But I haven't looked. Maybe she just she just changed the way she normally spells her first name to the correct way. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. And then no one Yeah, maybe that it. would be nice. Yeah, we'd all appreciate it, Michelle. All right. Well, thank you, Maria, for that very thorough story. I appreciate it. Not how I would do it, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess next week we'll learn whether or not they met Anchorage, Alaska or Anchorage, Mississippi. <laughs> thank well, you, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun, fun Anchorage, time. South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, everybody. Guys. Okay. Okay, guys. Uh, Good night. Good night. Okay.